All right, welcome to Texans Unfiltered. I am the host this week, uh, John Wade. You can find me on Twitter at JohnAWade3. This week I am very, very, very excited. We got Pat Storm. He's got some crazy conspiracies or something, whispers. I don't know what's going on. And then we also got Alex, uh, Mr. Alex Patel joining us as well. I hope everybody's excited. It is draft week. Actually, no, I'm not, I'm not excited at all. This is the lowest I've ever been going into the draft. Like at this point, usually I've watched so much tape and I'm usually so exhausted from watching tape that I'm ready for the draft. Like I'm ready to be over, but because this year has just been so nuts. I honestly haven't done my homework. Like, honestly, like I'm not even going to lie. I have not done my homework on these guys. So maybe y'all can carry me. Maybe we won't even be able to talk about draft prospects because, you know, apparently Pat's got something he wants to say. So Pat, long time no see. You want to catch us up on what's going on? It's been a while, right? Yeah, so I don't know. I just I was talking with some people over the weekend and uh got a wild theory that got brought up that I've only seen mentioned by one or two people and today one of them was Jair. Um he mentioned it. But the idea That's of Jair is smart. Jair is very intelligent. <laughs> Um, As always, we give him a shout out. Uh, JRL, JRLTU. One of the best followers on Twitter. He's got less than a thousand followers. Honestly, if you follow me, you should be following him. He actually does his research. 100%. That guy is awesome. Um, but he brought up the idea of trading Deshaun. And I think it's inevitable. I think it's going to happen. Um, I do not think it happens Thursday. But. I think it's going to be after June, after June 1st. Um, and call me crazy, right? Like I get it. And I'm going to see the chat ex- explode here in a second. And they're going to be like, why would you do that? Why would you miss out on the amount of draft picks you can get this year? Well, one trading him during the draft, you incur more dead cap space. Um, it also makes it very harder, very hard for the team that's going to be bringing him in. Right. Um, especially, one of the destinations that he really wants to go is Miami. Um, right now, Miami's sitting just over, I believe it's $10 million in cap space. And they can't even afford, if they use all the draft picks this year, they cannot afford to sign them all. It's just by, according to the CBA, they're not allowed to. Um, they have to clear up cap space, right? So either they're either going to draft the whole class and clear up cap space by maybe restructuring guys like Xavier and Howard and stuff like that. Or, you know, they, they make a move down the road that helps them out. My feeling is that if they do trade for Deshaun, they would include a guy like Xavier and Howard um, plus multiple draft picks. Right now, Miami over the next three years has five first round draft picks. They have two this year, one next year and two in 2023. Um, and they've got a couple second rounds sprinkled in there, plus a slew of other picks, right? So say they trade Deshaun for three firsts, a couple seconds, uh, and Xavier Howard, right? Like, that's a really good package. Now, why wouldn't you want that this year, right? Like, why wouldn't you want all those draft picks this year? Well, in my opinion, this team, without Deshaun in 2021, is not going to be a very competitive team, right? Um, 
So getting all those draft picks and bringing rookies in right now, to me, just doesn't make sense. You don't know where you're headed. So I think getting just a head start into next year, you you play this year out. 2021 is a waste, right? They're going to win six, seven games most. And that's probably being a little generous, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> we win six, seven games. Like, dude, we'll be, we'll be over the moon. Like, let's not even lie. <laughs> yeah. So if you go into next year's draft with you already have your own first, plus you get Miami's first, so that gives you two first-round picks, okay? Plus other stuff you've got. You know where the cap so is going to be headed. Your math might actually be right because if we trade Deshaun, he's a twenty-three million dollar dead cap. It goes right down now to five. the draft. Yes. So if we wait till June, we could actually take on a big contract and have a player to show for it. Because you save ten million dollars. And we would actually have wiggle room with our with our cap. That's not bad. Yep. And next year in twenty twenty two, you do carry. $10 million in dead cap. I get it. But you're saving about 30 from where he is because he's about a $40 million cap hit next year. So long-term, I think financially, it just works better for both Miami and for Houston. Right? It gets Nick a chance to look at the future and see where he wants to take this roster. For 2022, he's only got 33 players under contract. In 2023, it's 11. So we're going to see a huge shift on this roster. So post-June 1st, Deshaun's value is not going to be any lower than it already is right now. He's still Deshaun Watson. Plus, we all know what's going on with this legal stuff. It gives that more time to play out. And then Miami or whoever the trade partner is feels a lot more comfortable giving up all those assets for him because they know how it's going to go. Right. I would point the one big flaw I'd have in this is the competition to trade him. Like he would essentially the only team that would really work post June first is the Dolphs. It's possible. Or Philly. Philly's got a bunch of draft picks in the future with moving around. They just they pulled one of the ones from they have two in next year i think they have two first round picks next year um so just so everybody's clear and make sure that they understand where we're going with this usually when you trade on for the nfl you can only trade draft picks two years out so you could trade post draft you can trade the 22 and the 23 pick Mm-hmm. Draft night, you can cha- trade the 21, 22, and 23 pick. So that's why everybody always predicts it to be right at the draft, right around the draft, is because you get an extra year's worth of picks that you can actually trade, that can be freed up and trade. So mm-hmm. by waiting till June 1st, you, you're going to, my point is, you're going to limit the amount of teams that have excess picks because they can't trade for three years out. They can only trade two years out. So in some regards, like that's a really good thing for the Texans because that's the assets are over quicker. So you're not getting like a, say we traded this year, we got a first round for the, we'd get a first rounder potentially for the next three years instead of a, whereas if you trade post June 1st, 
you'd only be able to get first rounders for two years. But teams have to have an extra first round pick to get to the three three first rounders that the Texans are actually looking for. Granted, I thought saw that they were looking for four first rounders. So you're saying that that that's unrealistic. Four first rounders, two seconds, and a player is unrealistic. I think it is. I think it is giving the caliber of player that you'd be asking for in return. This isn't a case of you're getting Jacob Martin and Bercavius Mingo back in a deal. You're looking for somebody that's going to come in and make an immediate impact um, on either side of the ball and be a day one starter. So, and I see that, and I see Chris's comment, um, and I and I understand it. But right now, trading Deshaun to the Dolphins um, during the draft just doesn't make financial sense for either team. The Texans are sitting about seven or eight million dollars, actually closer to ten um, million in cap space. That would take it down to five if you trade Deshaun. So they would have to make some cuts, and they've still got to sign rookie class undrafted free agents, which they'll probably get about three or four of those, depending on how the draft goes. If Nick stays with the seven or eight picks that he has now or trades down. So I just think it, it makes it way more difficult financially this year if you trade them on draft night. Just yeah, because of the dead, I mean, the dead money you're incurring. That's kind of been my point prior to all the legal things is a $23 cap hit isn't impossible, but it makes things a lot harder. And currently, because Nick has flipped our roster, like the wiggle room just isn't there. Granted, yeah. he's made the roster with Deshaun's salary still being paid and essentially with us all planning for Deshaun not, not to be playing. But got to remember that his dead cap is actually more than his salary hit if he's on the mm. roster. It's $5 million more. And... We're already at that wiggle room and a team in order to bring on Deshaun is going to have to clear space somehow. And that's either by trading a player or releasing a player where I don't think anybody is actually in a cap hit that just absorbed Deshaun's contract coming over. Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. It, it really is. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, why didn't they trade him sooner? Why didn't they trade him when he demanded the trade? The team in the league have known about this since January. They have known about the at least one of the cases since January. So if the team in the league have known since January, that means the entire the other 31 teams in the league are aware of it because that gets around quick. Something like that is going to is going to get through the channels fast. So that immediately pulls half the contenders out of it. They're like, nope, not touching it, right? Um, and obviously, Deshaun has his his preferences on where he wanted to go, right? From my understanding, the Jets, Carolina, Denver were never on the table. Not an option. Miami, San Francisco, and a few others were. So, again, you're severely limited on where you can trade them. Um, it's just – it's a really messed up situation, and I – you know, just looking at it and talking, I just think post June first is the best course of action if you are trading him this year, if you even can, because there's still the chance he ends up on the commissioner exemplus and he doesn't even play this year. Well, and it's 
I, I honestly think that the Texans weren't going to trade them. It, it just wasn't going to happen until all this came out. True. Very I think true. Nick, I, I, I think Nick was going to, I think Nick was going to toe the line and be like, Hey, you signed a contract. Like it is what it is. You signed a contract. Now all this has come out and the Texans have, you know, morality clauses and things like that. Um, we don't, that's the one thing that they've never really messed around is when it came to domestic issues. Um, I'll just kind of leave it at like that. So I think that all these cases against Deshaun actually opened the eyes of Nick and opened the ears to him actually listening to trades, where I honestly think without all this, he it doesn't even cross Nick's mind. It's like Deshaun's playing or he's not getting paid. Yeah. And I have a really good indication that regardless of what was going to happen, if he wasn't traded, he was still showing up. He was not going to sit out. Deshaun's not that type of player. Um, so I have it on pretty good authority that he was still going to be here in the building. And so, um, and it, it, you know, the team, like you said earlier, they didn't really ever mess with the, you know, players with the, the character concerns. Right. But here in recent years, that's kind of, that's kind of changed, right? They brought in the honey badger who had them early on, you know, coming out of LSU and stuff like that. His are a little bit different. He matured when he was in the league and became a, you know, pretty model citizen. DJ Reader had troubles coming out of college. Um, he was almost kicked out of Clemson. I don't know if anybody knows that, but he was almost kicked out of Clemson. Um, and then even Gary on Conley. Gary on Conley had some, you know, pretty serious allegations coming out of Ohio State. And obviously it was all cleared up. It turned out to be not true, but still, like, your name's tarnished when anything like that is attached to you. So there's been some changes, but um, nothing of this magnitude for sure. Well, <laughs> so right now you're saying he's not going to be traded by Thursday. That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, I just can't see it happening. It just it ties Nick's hands way too much. What if magically everything, like he settles, all the cases go away by Thursday? So you still think he's not moved by Thursday? If Miami throws you five first-round picks? You walk, you you buy Deshaun's oh, yeah, ticket, definitely. and you send them. Gone. See ya. Oh, definitely. So, and I just think it's it's at the point where the relationship. I won't want to call it too far damage to uh, repair. It's just too muddy. It's just way too muddy right now. So. And then you got to look at, there's some other things that could happen, right? Like, I don't know. I haven't looked. NFLPA records still show that Bradley Roby has guaranteed money, um, which I thought got voided when he got suspended. Um, but he's still a candidate to restructure. Brandon Dunn could get cut. That clears up some space. So if Nick were to move him Thursday, there's some other moves that could happen to to make things work, obviously. Um, I just, I just can't see it happening. There's way too many moving parts that have to happen. Way too many stars have to align. All right. So what do you think happens Thursday? What do you think the Texans do on Thursday? Thursday, nothing. I, uh, there's no way they can get into the first. 
Okay. Uh, for the draft in general, do you think the Texans move up, stay stay where they're at? I can see Nick moving down. Why is that? I mean, he's got a feltus roster still. So what better way to trade back, pick up a few more picks, even if it's for next year. Even if you trade down in the third and you pick up something, you know, you have the you still keep a third, but you pick up like a future fourth or fifth, right? You know, that all that's gonna do is help you next year and the years moving forward fill out this roster. So don't the Texans have like seven roster spots still open? They're at seventy three guys right now or seventy. Oh, they're at seventy three? Okay. Okay. So they have twenty 13 spots. Okay. Over. So they have 77 under contract right now. So they have 13 spots. Yeah. So you've got eight draft picks, right? So that puts yep. you at 85. So you'll have five additional spots for undrafted free agents or free agents still. Okay. All right. Um, Alex, sorry. Um, we are. We're just excited to have Pat on. He hadn't been on in a little while. But Pat, uh, Alex, you got any theories on what's going to happen all this weekend? Uh man, I don't. I don't think they do anything. Honestly, um, I think with what we have available, um, I think what just the situation we're in, I think they stay put and just that sixty seventh pick. They just pick whatever's best available. Uh, I, I've I've heard on other podcast and you know uh articles and in the media about uh them picking you know if Paul Trask is still available or that the kid out of A&M but I just I just don't see it I don't see them picking uh, a quarterback um I think I think they're good right now with what they got you know they got presumably Watson uh they got that Finley kid and they got Tyrod Taylor so I think right now I, I think they're okay, but I I still don't see them trading Watson at all. I uh, I think Nick Casera is going to play hardball. Uh, he signed that contract. Um, like James said on uh, a couple podcasts ago, like dude, you just sit in the room and get everyone together, Muligeta and uh, Bernie, and just work this out because. This is bad on all sides. Like, regardless of the allegations, like put the allegations aside. I think they they really need to figure this out because for a fan base, this is it's. I think it's pretty bad, man. It's like, you know, um, I'm all for uh, player rights and uh, innocent until proven guilty. It was okay when four or five came out, but this is like. 25 now i think so it's like dude you know you got a beautiful girlfriend and you're sitting here contacting girls on ig for massages and you know bernie said that first one that he wrote uh i guess a deposition for that it was consensual <laughs> so it's like what's what's his girlfriend jilly and i is saying right now like dude you cheated on me right so you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to figure out what what's all going on in their whole realm of, of stuff because he he hasn't posted anything since busby's initial uh post where he uh responded and that was interesting to me that you uh 
you responded on that right away, but during trade talks, you were you disappeared. You didn't even talk. You didn't say nothing. Like uh, Mulgeta didn't say nothing. Um, uh, Bernie didn't say nothing. Like no one said anything, and it was just like they were just trying to. It almost looked like pushing the Texas button. Like, what are y'all gonna do? And then all of a sudden, these allegations come out, and he he wants to respond via social media, just like Busby did. So, to me, it's kind of like that's kind of weird to me. But I know, I know the fans in the chat room are not gonna be that happy about it. But you know, I like I like Ruben's even Ruben's point of view on what two podcasts ago that dude, if you don't want to be here, then you know, then don't be here. Bye. But as a fan of Deshaun Watson, as a fan of the Texans, like, I, you know, I really hope they work it out, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we were talking pre-show. The absolute best thing for the Texans is, of course, Deshaun to be back. It, and, I, and I mean, again, without these accusations, like, I have no doubt in my mind that Deshaun is still a Texan. Casario um, is going to make him play. He signed the contract. He can either sit out or, you know, what not? I have no doubt about that. Like he was not going to get traded. All these allegations has probably have opened that door. But I ultimately think like this is kind of like even going a little bit further than what Pat said, and I've said it before, is the best thing for the Texans from just the Texans standpoint is Deshaun gets suspended for a year. The Texans don't have to pay him. Uh, Here's the thing about that commissioner's exempt list. There's no rules for it. Like they just literally make it up as they go along. Like there's no precedent for a situation like this. There's no precedent. So no one knows exactly how it's going to be handled. But I can imagine if he's in violation of the CBA, even if because he's on the exempt list, I can't imagine that his contract's going to toll. And even if it does, you know what? He sits out a year, he gets healthier. The Texans will get a top five pick next year. I can guarantee it without Deshaun Watson as our quarterback, we're going to get a top five pick next year. I, I, I hate to say it in some regards because, you know, I'd rather win. But we get an, we can get our own quarterback with that pick. Top five next year without Deshaun, we can pick a quarterback. We don't have to, we don't have to trade for a pick to get a quarterback. So at that point, it opens up so many more teams they can trade for Deshaun. That's anybody with multiverse, anybody that wants to trade all for the next three years. Because one of the best points that was made in chat that I really want to hit on, if a team has Deshaun, we get one good pick from them, and then the rest of their picks are probably going to be borderline second-round picks. Mm-hmm. They won't be first-round picks anymore. They're, they're going to be late first-rounders. They're essentially second-round picks. We're not going to get another top-five guy. You get one top-five guy with that trade. Now, if you trade yeah, who- some... I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, who's who's available next year in top five? I mean, the, I mean, is Spence. I mean, I heard Spencer I mean, Rattler. You, but, you, I mean, you never know. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, the guys that end up being top quarterbacks usually come out of nowhere. Like, they really like no one was talking about Zach Wilson this time last year. Now he's probably gonna be number two overall. I mean, Lawrence and Justin Fields was all coming. And now Justin Fields all of a sudden is falling, apparently all the way to 32, which is bullshit. But 
If he falls yeah, to thirty-two, it's, it's it's that's not that's not that's not football related. That is that is his represent representation related. You think so? Yeah, I keep seeing there's that. No, I, there's no way he's falling to thirty-two. I don't know. I don't buy that because I feel like if teams are going to become hesitant to want to take on anybody that's represented by David, you're missing out on a really large crop of very, very good talent. Yeah. Artie, who he has as a client, the kids coming in this year and the kids that are coming in future, because these kids are seeing what he's getting his guys paid and they want to sign with him. Right. It'll so be his client. His clientele I, is growing. It's going to be one guy that they're going to use as an example. So maybe I think it's going to be one of those shots fired type things, especially because of Justin Fields quarterback. It's one of those <clears throat> just shots fired. Like we're going to cause the difference between him getting paid at the top of the first versus the bottom of the first is pretty substantial. And that's kind of like, you know, this is what, what they can now part of me thinks I, I've heard that. And my comment has, we'll wait and see if that actually happens because could you imagine you're sitting there at 15 and Justin Fields falls in off? Cause next year he's the first overall pick, like no doubt next year. He's yeah. the first overall pick. Maybe the thing about the epilepsy is true. Like that concern. But, but even the doctors have said that it's not really that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. Well, so, well, today, uh, today they said that uh, Patriots might trade down and try and pick up Fields. But they're sitting at and fifteen, just, so if he falls to yeah. fifteen, he's falling right into their laps. Yeah. Or even Vegas. Vegas is right there at seventeen, right? So twenty, Chicago Bears. Like, there's a number of teams right there in the mid in the mid first round that would just be salivating. I could see if he falls to 15, I could see Chicago making that jump. Oh yeah. So is Easily. Trubisky out? Is, is he a free agent? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. he signed. With he signed somewhere. Giants. I don't know. Where's he at? But they got Andy Dalton. The bears did. So remember they made graphic and everything QB one or Andy Dalton. Ridiculous. Oh, he, he signed with the Buffalo Bills. Bills. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, chat. So, chat was on that one. You know, he's going to go there, and they're going to turn him into a decent quarterback. How? He's never going to play. Lynch. Exactly. <laughs> he's never going to play. He just became uh, the new Chase Daniels, man. He's just going to bounce around the league and become ridiculously overpaid as a backup, and that's it. Yeah. All because he was a first-round pick. Good Lord, Scarlet. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was a horrible pick for where he was, but he does have some talent. He just has to get, you know, his head on straight. And that's the thing with first round quarterbacks. They'll usually get another chance. He'll go to Buffalo. Um, he needs a quarterback coach like Pep Hamilton. <laughs> well, Bo fixed Josh Allen because remember he was a mess of a prospect. Mm -hmm. All the tools in the world, but he was so accurate, and they fixed him. 
So maybe Trubisky just doesn't have, he's just not that guy. Like, it, I yeah, think just, with him, it's more personality instead of talent. I didn't see the the love for him coming out in the draft either. No. So when when Chicago made that trade up to get him, I was just like, "What in the world are y'all doing?" I mean, but look you at know. Drew Locke. Denver's exploring their options as well. Yeah, but Drew's only had a what a full season as a starter, and he didn't even play hey. it. I don't even know if he's had a full season because he got hurt, right? So. I think. I mean, but Drew Locke was trash. He was like, what, a third round pick, anyways? Hey, hey they kicked our butt, what, two years ago? That was embarrassing. He, game. he lit us well, up. Yeah. He lit the Texans defense up for sure. That was Kareem's first year up there. He was, uh, yeah. Round two, pick 42. He's yeah. still, I, I still can't believe that the way they let us up, though. And I don't even. Panthers, yeah. too, that season. That was one That's, game that I can't believe that I so so off on because I, I Drew Locke is not an NFL quarterback. He honestly is not. Demo. You don't he's think so? The and most, he's got the most punchable face <laughs> in the world. Like that dude, man. I just want to punch that guy. <laughs> no, I, I mean definitely, but like Drew Locke is twenty years ago quarterback. He would have been on the cover with Cam Newton with those losers, uh, Jake Locker and Glenn Gabbard. Yeah. Like that's the type of quarterback he is. And we've now seen it for 10. We've, we've seen it. That quarterback does not exist in the NFL anymore. Like you no. cannot be arm and nothing else. And that's all Drew Locke is. Like he's not smart. He's not athletic. He just throws the ball fairly well. And you're not going to survive in the NFL like that. And that's all he is. He's been working – well, he's been studying with Peyton during the offseason. Yeah, he's not Peyton, though. Like, who Nobody's gives a Peyton. shit who he's studying? He Nobody's sh- who cares who he's studying with? Like, he, I mean, that's not going to transfer over. Like, Nobody's Peyton. Yeah. Not even Eli was Peyton. Eli was better. Whoa, did you just say Eli was better? <laughs> he's got two <laughs> rings. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no, so Peyton's John, John oh, dude. I got I got a question. I got a wild conspiracy theory. Just something so wild. I just want to see if that even if that even makes sense to you guys. And this is conspiracy. This is just my opinion. I'm just a fan. I'm not I'm not a journalist. I'm not I'm just a Texans fan. Always have been. That's good. Neither are we. <laughs> Not even actually, sure I'm a John, fan right now. John, <laughs> actually, John, you know where I'm from? I'm from Jacksonville, Texas. I'm 45 minutes from Lufkin. Nice, really. Yeah. Country boy. Country boy, yeah. Even actually, smaller than Lufkin. Yeah, even smaller. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually uh I work in Palestine, live in Jacksonville. Uh I'm in Tyler all the time. I go through every time I go to Houston, if I go through 59, I go through Lufkin all the time, man. That city's nice. grown so big. Yeah, my understanding is they like have a shopping mall and everything now. Yeah, I don't know. They do. Yeah, Lufkin is getting big, man. I like it. I, I like to stop by there and get a sandwich at Witch Witch. So Okay. Uh, that always gets me good. But here's 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 a conspiracy theory, right? What if Easterby, okay, is holding 
I think Cal McNair, uh, again, this is a conspiracy theory. I think Cal McNair has got some skeletons in his closet that Easterby knows about, okay? I think that Easterby is holding it over him to not get him out. Because remember that conference where it's like Easterby is not going anywhere. Even well, after what the uh, Sports Illustrated articles came out and Andre Johnson said what he said on his tweets and then DeAndre, you know, uh, did, you know, said what he said that, you know, if Dre says, you listen. And what if it's something so vulgar or disgusting or vile that he's holding it over his head? Like, what if it's something so Sandusky Penn State situation, right? Whoa, if, no, no, no. no. I'm no just, shot. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. I'm gonna be in on him with his secretary no. sucking him off. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, no. like dude, you, I, I don't even. You don't want to even throw those accusations, something like that, out there. Because I mean, let's be conspiracy. honest. Like, there, the the craziest conspiracy that I'd heard was maybe Cal's an alcoholic, and you know what? It's I don't think at that point that. It even matters if Easterby is keeping it secret or whatnot. It's more that I was using him as a as a crutch, and a lot of the stuff that Easterby is getting absolutely dragged for. I, I, I am not for Easterby. Like I, there is no love lost there. Like I I want Easterby gone too because he was supposed to be culture, and look at how the culture is blown up. So regardless of anything, like Easterby needs to be let go. Like he's, he's not good at his job. But I think a lot of what was going on was tied to the Watson situation. And it was one of those, I think because maybe Easterby was onto something with, with the Watson situation, that a lot of those things got that Easterby did got blown and twisted in a different direction. So one of the things that always stood out to me was when they talk about this, this um, speech that Easterby gave where he apparently just blew smoke all up Watson's ass and Watson was uncomfortable with it. Well, we only heard half of the story on that because it could have also been one of those situations where Easterby thinks that Deshaun's up to something and is trying to reinforce how important he is to the team. He's not sitting there trying to say this speech to 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 suck up to Watson. He's trying to say the speech to say, "Hey, Deshaun, you are the team. You nobody's going anywhere. So whatever craziness you're doing on the side, it needs to stop." Because y'all, everybody kind of forgets, and I'm surprised they didn't talk about it beforehand. But prior to Easterby, there was this whole thing about Deshaun always did bad during the noon games on Sunday. He always underperformed on those games. And there was this whole thing about maybe he was partying too much or he had too many people there. Right. Yeah, I remember that. And this was prior to Easterby. So that, honestly, is probably part of the reason why Easterby was brought in. Now, and then the Hopkins trade to Arizona may have been led by Easterby, and it may not have been. Whomever negotiated that trade needed to be fired. If it was Easterby as much as Bill O'Brien, then definitely. 
the move itself was not wrong. The return was what the problem was. It's right. okay to trade Hop. He was the second most valuable asset on the team. But to only get a second-round pick and a washed-up running back, that is a fireable offense. Like, the idea behind it is not a bad idea. The problem is the execution. So, yes, Easterby definitely needs to be gone. And even the trade with Hop could have been the same thing with why they let uh, DJ Swearinger go with Clowney. You want to get rid of the bad influence. Like, it may still – just remember they tr- once uh, – Swearinger had all that drama that offseason, and he was Clowney's friend. They separated him. This isn't an Easterby thing. This is a Texans thing. This is a Texans culture. They tried to separate the bad influence from their star players. So if they viewed Hopkins as the bad influence, whether or not he was or not, which I doubt he – actually, everything coming out, it sounds like Watson was trying to be as smooth as Hop because Hop wouldn't get into something like this. Um but just you know, <laughs> I mean, sorry, uh, I, I don't want to cut you off, but like, so I remember James uh, on a couple podcasts ago that he said that uh, during the Chiefs playoffs game two years ago, uh, that he was really upset and he was jumping on the tables, going, "Trade me! I'm tired of losing." And this, this, and this, and then, but he came out in the media that said that, oh, I just asked for a raise, and I knew they would trade me. So, I was there locker room issues with that situation with the current head office? And the same thing with my question is with Jadavian Clowney, uh, I because there was there was those times where you heard that uh, Jadavian Clowney was lazy, wouldn't work out, and this, this, and this. So was he not a locker room fit? And the same thing with Hawkins. Were they not locker room fits that they finally had to figure that out? Now, I guess in retrospect, you could say that, okay, Clowney ended up being a decent situation where you didn't sign him to a $100 million, uh, five-year contract, right? Because you could see where he's at now hopping around from team to team. Uh, I love Clowney. He, he's a beast, right? But it almost seems like we won that trade. But it looks we like won that he's... trade by luck. Let's not let's not lie here. We we right. won that Clowney trade by absolute luck. Like what he Clowney has done between injuries and just lack of productivity. Like just us not signing him for that sixteen to eighteen million dollar contract that was apparently offered to him has been a win. And that's entirely luck. Now, there's still an argument that when we traded Clowney at that time, we could have gotten more value for him. And you may be right. It just it could have been. I, I can't say for certain whether it was locker room or not. Um, but it might have just been one of those situations I just wanted to move on. And with, with Hopkins, like I've heard – I've heard both. I've heard that he was mad right after the Chiefs game and asked – kind of said had an outburst, but I've also heard that that was made up. So I honestly have no idea. I just know oh, that Hopkins and Watson were really, I just know that they were close. That's the only thing that I can confirm. Everybody knew that Watson and Hopkins were very close and Hopkins or Watson was not happy about the trade at all. Yeah, I mean, think- nobody was, I mean, all of your fan base, your, I mean, you, do you know how many jerseys I have sitting in my closet right now? 
that are not even relevant this season. Uh, Reddick, <laughs> all of mine, Stringer, like... uh, Watt, uh, soon to be Watson. Like, I got all these jerseys. Like, what am I gonna do with all these jerseys? Like, I'm just gonna just give them to third world countries and I hope they represent the Texans. I mean, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't, it, it, what jersey do I buy for next year? All my, Dude, I'm not buying a jersey for. I don't know if I'm. I, I don't know if I'll even buy it. Like all my kid kids' jerseys, can't wear them anymore. Um, all my jerseys can't wear them anymore. So I don't know. Oh man, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess with the Houston sports in general. But it's just uh, Cal McNair. Just you know, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but that dude is not the owner of the team. He's he's. He he might be he might have shares, but he's the CEO. Janice McNair owns the team. Janice McNair can fire a CEO. Um, if you know, I and I told I talked to James about this. You know, you know what? If if I was Janice McNair, I would be like, look, Cal, I love you. You're my son, but you're an idiot. All right, fired. And the <laughs> next guy, Jack Easterby, you're gone too. Like you know, like. I'm I'm really good with Casario right now. I know we've you've been you've asked that to other uh, like Ruben and other guest hosts. I think I think Casario uh, has actually done really well from what we thought he would do. Um, I don't. I I really wish Deshaun would give him a shot, give him a chance. From to everything that he's done, I mean, Cully, uh, Pep. Uh, Lovey, like Kelly's still there. Like all these guys are in place to make a winning team, and I really think it's gonna be. Um, I really think we're gonna surprise a lot of people, including our own fans. That uh, this team is gonna be surprisingly good. Um, I re- I really think the defense is gonna step up because they're really making some moves on defense. Uh, I've liked what they've done with like Philip Lindsay Ingram. Uh, with Johnson, I think we have a good running back core. I just, I really think that uh, Deshaun just really needs to just look at everything going on. Just be like, look, you know, I'm in a bad situation. Let me just stay here and knock this out. I've got four years on my contract, and just go from there. Like, I, I really wish he would try and figure out uh, this situation with the front. Like, just like James said a couple of uh, podcasts ago. Get everyone in a room, figure this out. I know that's not going to happen. I'm still pretty uh, optimistic that it can happen, um, minus his legal situations, which, I mean, his legal situations, I don't even want to really get into it. Uh, to me, it's all a bunch of he say, she say. Um, and I'm not, uh, I'm not getting on the bad side of the accusers. Um, I think if there was something there, there was something there. But coming from the first situation that Brian Bernie had said that, why do you want to shake us down or not in those words that you're, uh, it was a consensual, why do you want hush money for? So that kind of makes me think that most of these situations that happened were for his own personal gain or not personal gain, but you know, he kind of knew what he was doing. And I think they already had a agreement Especially if you're signing NDAs. But that's, again, in my opinion, I know you guys know more. You guys are the professionals. But I just want to – that was mine, what I thought of it. Pat probably knows better. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's it's such a slippery slope, man. Like I don't, I just I've stayed completely out of it, right? Like I've had my opinion from the beginning um, on how I felt about the situation, and and it sucks for everybody involved, for the accusers, and for Deshaun, for the Texans, for the fans. Um, but I, I'm gonna stay completely out of it. I mean, I know. I know facts from both sides that are not really public that, it, you know, it, I just don't need to talk about it. Um, I'm going to let the, the legal system take care of the legal system, let it take care of itself and, and go from there, man. It's, I don't even want to touch it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those situations that he should have never put himself in that situ- situation to begin with. Like I agree. ultimately I just the nature of what it is, there's never going to be a hundred percent guilty or innocent. Like that's just not how it works. And you can't prove it one way. You can't prove how any of the women feel. You can't prove how Deshaun feels and his personal attitude towards it. You can't, you just can't like, but Deshaun as a professional athlete with access to professional uh, massage therapy to probably some of the best in the world that would want to work with him. He should smarter about it. Um, yep. just that should kind of be the end of it. All right, Alex. Um, I do want to ask you, I kind of ask everybody, um, but you kind of sort of went over it, but I want specifics. Like, why are you so optimistic about this coaching staff? Like, honestly, like why? Um, um, I guess they brought in what almost Deshaun wanted. Um, I want to say they kept on Tim Kelly because, you know, Deshaun publicly, talked about Tim Kelly and about his respect for Tim Kelly. Um, I think Lovey again is a, is a good DC Uh, Pep Hamilton, again, a good quarterbacks coach that, you know, pretty much uh, was with Andrew Luck. And I, I really think that with this overhaul in coaching, and you know, I, I didn't agree with all of the um, uh, letting the veterans be veterans last season, even though we had nothing to play for. Like you should have played Grenard and Blacklaw and most of these guys. And I, I really think that this time um, they're gonna be good. Uh, I read a lot about Cully and about how he's a players guy. Uh, a lot of respect for Cully from his previous teams and players and coaches. And so I, you know, I, I've heard the stuff that, you know, Cully's going to be the fall guy at the end of all this with Watson and this, this, and this, but I really think he could do, do good. Um, but then again, you know, again, I'm being optimistic. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm not a journalist. I'm not, you know, <laughs> Uh, I might not even know what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm just a fan that just loves the Texans and, you know, I love Watson, but at the end of the day, we just, we're trying no, to I'm win, just... trying to bring a Super Bowl to the city. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, y'all listen to me, follow me on Twitter. I'm usually one of the more reasonable and one of the more optimistic out of, I don't know. I'm not a professional at this, but as somebody that has a voice now, um, for the offense, I can kind of get it. Um, Tim Kelly is—he's gotten a lot of love since he was a position coach. Like, there's been articles out there where he was a future head coach. 
blah, blah, blah. So, okay. Pep Hamilton's a steal at a quarterback coach. Like, I don't know how that happened. And the offensive line coach, solid. Robert Prince, wide receivers, very solid. Um, but at the same time, the defense doesn't have anybody to work with. Like, that's not a one-year turnaround. Even though they went through and they got a bunch – they got a bunch of guys. But they're guys. There are a lot of singles. And Lovey Smith, I'm kind of afraid that the game's passed him by. And to go from a 3-4 to a 4-3, I, I'm not saying that I don't think the Texans are have righted the ship. Like, I'm actually – very happy with everything Casario's done, but you're you're not the first. I'm just trying to see this optimism for this coming year because honestly, when you look at it, changing the style of defense, you didn't have a lot of talent there to begin with. We all of a sudden don't have a quarterback. We have an unproven offensive coordinator who last year had the running game on easy mode, couldn't get the running game going. And granted, we do have more talent. We do have a much better campaign. Is a is, I mean, just getting rid of Devlin alone improves the offensive coaching staff. But with all that last year, we still only won four games. So yeah, how many what, of those games? Could, how many of those games could we have really? How many? Okay, we could have beat the Colts twice. Okay, how many of those games? I mean, we I, and I, mm-hmm. I know you guys talked about this, but come on, man, you you. you Kiki QD dropped that ball in the end zone, okay? We could have won that game. Nick yeah. Martin dropped that snap in the end zone. We could have won that game. The Tennessee, I mean, there were so many games. Like, we could have had such a better record. It was just mistakes. I mean, you saw Deshaun last Watson. Year, so, last year we went, one. I believe it was 1-7 in, in, in single-score games. Um, mm. I, at one point, I had an article, and we had a whole podcast about this. So, the, the average for – one score games is 500. So if we went one and seven, if we actually averaged out, we would have gotten three more wins. So we would have ended up seven and seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. And that's with Deshaun Watson. So this year, let's say that it averages out and, but we don't have Deshaun. Now, if we have Deshaun, I actually, I'm, I'm of the opinion that we're a playoff team. Well, right now they got us at, they, right now, I think NFL Network has us at plus or minus five. Right, and that's without Deshaun. They're not expecting without us to, Deshaun. him to play. Well, yeah. we're no. not expecting him to play, yeah. So, that's generous. Yeah, I know, right? So with Deshaun, I think we're a playoff team. Like With Deshaun, I understand some of the optimism that people have going into this year. But I don't know. I just – I. I think I've written Deshaun off. So at this point, like, that's my optimism for the season. Like, it's going to be a rebuilding year, and I'm okay with that. So you're still going to be a Texans fan, right? You're not switching the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. You might have said. (laughs) I've I've never said that I was going to switch to the Cowboys. I said that I may not fight my kids if they decide they want to follow the Cowboys like all their little friends. I got I, you. I got you. My my little boy, he's four and he's in daycare and he was the only Texans fan. And of course he's blonde hair, blue eyed. So he looked like JJ Watt. So he was always teased that he was JJ Watt. And all of his friends were cowboy fans. And he would ask me, why aren't we cowboy fans? And I told him, because cowboys are not a good team. They're not good people. <laughs> but um 
just kind of like joking around. But if he wants to be a Cowboy friend, fan with all of his friends, I, I hope he doesn't because I'm still going to be a Texans fan and that's still the game that I'm going to have every Sunday. I will probably watch more Texans football than most of the people. Well, actually, all of y'all in the chat room are pretty diehard because you're here in our chat room. But, you know, we'll, we'll watch us as a group are going to watch more Texans football than 90% of Houston's population. And that's not going to change. I now, a question. Not, are you sorry? Uh, are you are you guys going to do another event for uh, a game in Houston to where everyone could get together? I hope so. Um, yeah, I, I I did. I wasn't able to come. I actually was going to come to that, uh, but work schedule and this this and this. But I that was actually pretty cool. I heard good things about that event. It was a good time. The first one, first one we had. Um, was amazing. Absolutely amazing. One of the best experiences ever. Last year with the pandemic, you know, it made things a little bit more difficult, but it was still a lot of fun. And again, the guys that show up, showed up last year, this past year with the pandemic out on it, like y'all, y'all, they're the diehards. Like, and we're going to sit there and we're going to, we're going to be in misery together. And you know what? It's almost going to be like the Astros when they were bad where we just en- embraced it and we had fun with it. And it's stopped being so much about winning and losing. It was more about getting excited about the prospects and so forth. And that's what I've already written off for this year, this upcoming year. I'm not going to be so invested in winning or losing. Astros just I think that's where I'm at. one, by the way. I think that's where I'm at, John. Like, I'm in the same boat, right? Like, it was weekly. We got to win. We got to win. We got to win. Regardless of how bad they were playing. Right now, like I said in that post I made, I'm just going to be a fan of the game. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy watching it. I've got friends that are playing on other teams around the league, uh, DJ Reader specifically. Like, I'm going to cheer just as hard as I, as I do for the Texans as I do for him because I want to see him do well because, you know, that relationship has grown over the years. So it, I'm at the point where them losing on a Sunday is not going to ruin my day. It's yeah. just... Oh well, get him. I just want to get. I just want to get back to that. Like, yeah, I want to enjoy it. Yeah, there was a time in my life where if the Texans didn't win, you know, I could still be happy the rest of the week, and I just want to get back to that. And like you said, like I, I mean, I grew up a Longhorns fan, and then I went to the University of South Carolina, so I have plenty of NFL players that I follow. Um, However, if J.C. Horn is a Cowboy, like that's that's going to test me. That's going to test me. (laughs) That is good. That's hurt. <laughs> but <laughs> I think so, it was so uh, me, Paul that threw that threw that out there. <laughs> so let me ask you, John and Pat, what what what's your expectations that regardless of well, I guess you gotta count that, but say he gets suspended eight games, do you see Watson suiting up for the Texans in twenty twenty one? Yes. Yeah, if he's still on the Texans, he's gonna play for the Texans. Hundred percent, but then, so with adding week seventeen now, well, seventeenth uh, game, so there'll be eighteen weeks. Um, we got to look at when the, I don't know if they've released the dates for the trade deadline yet. So, say he's suspended for eight weeks, he can come back and play in week nine, and the trade deadline would be week ten, because it's generally been before week nine, I think, or week eight. I'd have to go back and look. At, um, so there's still a chance, right? Like if he comes back and teams know 
okay, he's going to be available for the second half of the season, then they could, you know, table an offer for the Texans come midpoint in the season. And obviously Nick can see where they're at, see how things have been going, see how Tyrod's been doing or Finley if he ends up playing, which I doubt, but, you know, that situation. So there's there's a lot that could happen, obviously, um, and it would depend on the record. But I could see, you know, if it's beyond the trade deadline, I could absolutely see him suiting up for this team again in 2021. So well, one of my questions off topic. Uh, so what's the deal with Aaron Wilson? What what happened with that? I mean, with the Chronicle. Uh, I guess I didn't I didn't get to listen to the clip. Um, I know he said something about the accusers in reference to some things, and it was taken. Um, you know, people didn't like how it came out, and so the Chronicle let him go. Um, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet somewhere shortly. Aaron's a very, very, very well-connected person. Um, he's very good at what he does. Uh, and anybody that hires him would be very lucky to have him. So, Yeah, because yeah, he, he, uh, he was at a fundraiser, uh, I guess his last post, or not the one with his wife, but he had another one where he had a, he had a post where he was at a fundraiser with Texans players. And so it mm-hmm. seemed like everything was good. But, yeah, when I, when I read that, I was I was like, what? This dude has been on point all offseason regarding Texans moves and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they uh they cut him over over a couple comments on the clip and that was kinda that was kinda odd to me. It's it's yeah. one of those things right now where you have to be aware of what you say. And it's a shame because Aaron Wilson, I mean, he was the best beat writer for the Texans currently. Hundred percent. Now, hopefully, he stays with the Texans, but he'll he'll catch back on. Like it'll die down. But this is one of those, especially with this case, as the guy covering it, he shouldn't have said what he said. Like even if it wasn't this climate, because of his responsibility as a journalist, he shouldn't have said it. But it is what it is, and somebody will give him another chance, and it'll probably all, what he said will be forgotten about and in, in a couple of months. Yeah. But, they got to yeah, like, like, they got to like cool down a little bit and yeah. he'll land somewhere. I mean, it's, he's still doing his thing. He's still connected. Um, m- media relations people for these guys that are promoting these uh, charities and stuff like that. And even the team I'm sure would, I, I think the team would be a little bit more difficult, but I think he can still get access Um to NFL, you know, things to where he's still going to be able to provide coverage on his own um, and keep his name out there and he'll land on his feet, whether it's local, um, which would be awesome. Or I mean, it doesn't even up, seem like he lost national. his press pass. Like he was there with, yeah. uh, with Chester well, Pitts today. So, yeah, yeah, he'll be so, fine. He'll be okay. Yeah, it's just it's right. like James. It's like James said what uh before ruben's podcast like there's a line in 2021 that you you can't cross and uh something to that point is like it doesn't matter what you say anymore you're if you say something good or bad you you're gonna cross that line almost right so it's coming to a point where it's like how how do you say something 
but not say something, if that makes sense, right? Well, it's, let, let's be let's be real. What Aaron Wilson said was going too far. Like, you should... I don't even know what he said. He... Can it I was just a Google money it? ploy. Like, yeah, you can Google it, right? It, yeah. But it's one of those where... You, I mean, the problem with what Aaron said wasn't even necessarily what he said. It's the fact that he gave up object, objectivity. Like, he pretty much played out that he's on Deshaun's side, where he has to step back as a reporter. So, okay, so I'm going to read his quote. In his case, you know, it's kind of like you don't, you know, you don't negotiate with terrorists. You know, people are demanding money. They're asking for money. They kept it escalating. It kept going up and up and up. You start talking about more and more funds. He got fired over that? Yeah. Like, I see it. I think okay. it was a little bit more, but yeah, he got fired over that. And and and, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, Aaron Wilson, are you serious? Like that, that guy's like the n- number one guy yeah. that I've been reading on and Instagram post and Twitter post, like he's been breaking news left and right. I mean, Pat, you said it too. There's been one guy that's been breaking news all off season and he's the one, he's the one that's been doing it. Bes- I mean, not even John McClain, but uh, it's been Again, Aaron Wilson. Aaron, I, I, it's not so much what he said. It's the perspective that he said it from. True. So he, the way he was talking about it sounds like he's firmly in the camp of Deshaun. I can't do that as a journalist in this type of case. Now, he was. I don't think he was meaning it like that. I don't think he was meaning it, but that's how it came across to me. And if that, and I'm usually pretty dense when it, when it comes to stuff like that, but that sounds like he's trying to defend Deshaun. And as a journalist, he can't defend him working for a major paper. If he's on his own podcast or something like that, like there's th- this is nothing. But as him being the number one reporter for a newspaper, he can't come across as he's defending Deshaun. I think he was more saying from the mindset of Deshaun's people – don't want to be negotiating with these people over something that I don't know. I just, I don't want to right. muddy and the waters I, anymore. Yeah. And, I think I, it's and stupid. again, like, and I think that you're right too. I think that's how he meant to get it across. He just did it poorly. And then using the, the terror, the terrorists negotiating with terrorists was especially in Houston where we've already had issues with things getting pulled out of context by, you know, old, by an older white guy, uh, the prisoners running the camps, uh, or the prisoners running the prison. The asylum. Uh, yeah. The inmates running inmates running prisons. Right. So I think that there's a lot of different factors, and I absolutely hate it for Aaron Wilson because he's really good. Like I hate it, and I don't think he meant it the way that it sounded. <laughs> But I can understand why it happened. But I think that it's only in a couple of months that he sneakily gets back in. I hope he'll, so. he'll land somewhere for sure. Yeah, somebody's 
somebody's going to pay him. And all the newspapers are owned by the same company nowadays anyways. So he'll, he'll get a job. He'll be fine. I mean, but that's, I just saw it in the comments. I mean, isn't that what happened with Pat D. Stat? He got in trouble for some stuff from previous we're, years. We're, we don't talk about <laughs> yeah. that. That guy's – he right, will never work in the about, sports industry again. No, yeah, his is a totally far, totally... way worse situation. Um, Pat has legitimate legal issues. And uh, yeah, you don't want him around your family. Well, we'll just say that. While, while, while I was listening to you guys, when I first started listening to you guys, and I've been listening to you guys every single podcast, no matter what, I used to listen to those guys as well. Because when I would get done with you guys, Either after or before, I'll listen to him and uh, I guess what his wife Claire and uh, the Texas Cleaver guy. They would have a podcast as well, and I still listen to Lock On Texans. So I, you know, I, I keep my ear to the ground, and uh, I just saw it in the comments about what having a Patty staff. But yeah, I remember listening yeah. to that guy. Not bad, you know. They, they, I like the Cleve guy. The Texas Cleve guy's pretty funny. Yeah, I we're just, just we're, we'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> um, it's not, we just we, we don't touch that. Just we don't touch that. All right. Well, Alex, we are at an hour, a little bit over. Um, is there anything you want to promote? Tell tell the people about you. Tell them where they can find you. If you want followers on Twitter, or Instagram, or whatnot. Uh, I don't have Twitter. I don't have uh, uh, Facebook. I just have Instagram. It's uh, at the dot Alex dot Patel. Uh, just a fan, uh, just my opinions. Uh, big Astros fan, big Texans fan, big Rockets fan, uh, big Houston football FB podcast fan. Uh, whenever uh, John said that they were taking on listeners for guests, I uh, I jumped on it. I uh, actually messaged him on uh, Instagram, and he was like, yeah. And so I think I did this back in February, and I finally got uh, – uh, the go ahead in April. So I've been waiting. I, I asked John, I actually texted him a couple of times or uh, uh, messaged him a couple of times like, yo, we doing this or what? Because I'm just so excited to be on this. And to be talking to you guys and Pat, like, man, this is awesome. Uh, again, big Texans fan, big Astros fan, just overall Houston. Uh, I went to the University of Houston. I'm an alumni for 2008. So uh, back in East Texas, uh, just just, you know, working, got my own business, just doing my own thing. Do you want to give a shout out for your business? Uh, Hampton and the Suites in Palestine, Texas, home of the nice. Texas State Railroad. There you go. Nice. Come see us All during right, the Alex. Polar Express. Oh, for real? What's the Polar? Like, like the book? Yeah. So, well, the movie, the book, uh, Texas State Railroad in Palestine, Texas, uh, they have a train ride. Uh, it starts uh, the second week of November. It goes uh, all the way through almost the end of December. Uh, it starts in Palestine, goes to Rust, Texas, and then comes back. And uh, when you're going there, it's like, you know, the North Pole. And they they have this uh, they show in the cars and hot cocoa. And, yeah, it's a good show, man. Just hit me up. Let me know if you come in. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with tickets. No kidding. I'll, I'll, My yeah, kid I'll absolutely I'll, loves that movie. My kids yeah, will go I'll nuts for it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm surprised I've never heard of you that. Guys, yeah, you guys want to come, I'll hook you up with a hotel room. Oh, awesome. Take you up well, on that. <laughs> yeah, let me well, know. At the.alex.patel. Nice. 
All right. Well, Alex, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. It's always great to hear whatever, what everybody's out there thinking. Like sometimes we need a little bit of optimism, especially this year. Well, of course, my name is John. Um, you can find me at John A. Wade three on Twitter. If you want to tell me how dumb I am, I get those every now and then I do appreciate <laughs> it, but I am trying to, learn. uh, <laughs> we've got Patrick storm. Everybody knows who Pat is. Y'all give him so much hate, but you know, he's right. Mostly, he's actually right most of the time, believe it or not. Um, but you can find him at Patrick Storm TU. Uh, you can always follow us all at a Houston FB pod. Or, and that is it until next week. Hopefully, we'll have some good draft picks to talk about. Probably have a little bit of drama, but otherwise, thank y'all again so much. And we'll see you next week. Shout out, James.